0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Strong Mamas and Macros podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Guevara, certified personal trainer, yoga instructor, and nutrition coach. I cannot wait to share today's episode with you. Today, I had a delightful conversation with Jamie all the way from Ecuador. Jamie shares a little bit about her story coming from Ohio all the way to Ecuador and about her health and wellness journey. We cover everything from gut health to how she is raising her child in a country that she is not originally from and creating healthy, resilient habits in her child and in herself. Tune in and I can't wait to hear what you think. All right, so why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Sure. Um, I'm Jamie Jenkins. I am a health coach and founder of Infinite Me Health. Um, I do nutrition coaching and one-to-one transformational experiences for people looking to um, develop a healthy relationship with food and improve their gut health. I'm originally from Ohio, but I live now in Quito, Ecuador, where i raised my 12-year-old daughter and eat a lot of avocados. That's one of my <laughs> favorite parts of living here. We have an incredible amount of fresh, delicious produce and superfoods available uh, anywhere you look pretty much. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Awesome. Uh, So what got you started in health coaching?
1: Um, Really, since I was 15, and I guess I should admit I'm 39 now, so it's been a while. Since I was 15, I've always been very aware of this relationship of how I feel with what I eat. And I come from a family that, I guess, is a pretty typical American family that eats a lot of processed foods, goes out to eat a lot of fast foods and all that. And as soon as I started to pay attention to what I was eating, I noticed that I felt better. I could think more clearly. My skin cleared up. And really, that was a beginning to a journey that um, I guess I only figured out about two years ago that I wanted to work in this area. So I've been doing business consulting for years. And um, once I got back in touch with this passion of eating well, living well, um, I got certified in health coaching, and, and I've now made that my career.
0: Awesome. And then so business consulting is what brought you to Ecuador, right?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: All right. So today you were going to share a little bit about um, gut health and how important that is and kind of the connection um, for our, our busy mamas that are just trying to to feel a little bit better and make small but mighty strides towards their health and well-being. So go ahead and share with us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. So um, gut health, I mean, I guess it's kind of a term now everyone's talking about. I'm not sure how much um, all of us are super clear on what it means, but it's basically the gut health and gut microbiome related. So gut microbiome are all of the microorganisms living in your intestines and your digestive tract. And turns out that the trillions of these little bacteria have a whole lot to do with a whole bunch of other areas of health and how we feel from mental health to are the strength of our immune system skin conditions um and either other other kinds of uh, disease so what's interesting about it is um if we are aware of these symptoms of when our gut health is kind of off track and if we're aware of how we eat can either create more balance or less balance within our digestive systems we can have a lot more power over our kind of general well-being, um, yeah. And these different areas of health that I mentioned.
0: So, how would one uh, know if there was an issue with their gut health, or how would they start making taking actionable steps towards improving their gut health?
1: Sure, that's a great question. So. Um, one thing that sets our gut health kind of off track is exposure to antibiotics so as great as they are for helping us with um, getting over certain sicknesses antibiotics can't really distinguish between the good bacteria and the bad bacteria in our system so they kill off everything at the same time so if you're someone that has been taking antibiotics frequently it's most likely that the good bacteria in your tummy has also been wiped out and, and replenished i don't know if this has happened to you but Oftentimes when I have to take antibiotics for something, I get sick from something else immediately after. (laughs) And and usually it's not as serious, but but kind of the logic is this, medicine has figured out, modern science has figured out that 70% of our immune system actually resides within our digestive tract. And it's these little microorganisms that can fight off some of the bad microorganisms that come in um, that help kind of defend against disease. So when we take antibiotics, we in some ways are reducing the capacity of our immune system as well to fight off disease. So you might feel weak or lethargic. Um, Another thing that you might notice if you feel like you have an imbalanced gut or you might be having trouble with your gut would be bloating, gas, um, constant just discomfort after eating. Could also be food intolerances, um, but that could be a sign that something is off reflux as well Um, and if you eat a diet that's like high in sugar or high in simple carbs uh, if you're really stressed not getting enough sleep all of those things can contribute to kind of this creating an imbalance in your in your gut health.
0: So how would one, just the average person walking down the street, how would they know the difference between having a food intolerance versus something, uh, is really actually going on with their gut health that they need to take a little closer look at?
1: That's a good question. It's really hard to know about food intolerances unless you are food journaling, maybe you do an elimination diet or you have, um, a test taken to see if it is in fact a food, um, intolerance or reaction. But the average person, the best way to kind of get started um, to take care of their gut health, because really, honestly, in modern society, all of us uh, need to take care of our gut health because of the medicines that are in our food, our food system, um, because of the processed foods we eat. So what can the average person do? First of all, increase the amount of fresh produce that you eat fruits and vegetables. These are living plants if they've not been fully cooked and they actually contain a whole bunch of microorganisms that then go into your digestive system and form part of these good microbiota in your tummy that help you stay strong, immune and have your digestive tract working. So that is probably the biggest single thing that anyone can do, just eat more fruits and vegetables. The second thing that I guess you could kind of call it a, a biohack or hack in a way <laughs> to the system um, is incorporating more for- fermented foods into your diet. So um, fermented pickles, kimchi, sauerkraut, maybe kombucha. Um, I'm sure there are dozens of others, but those are the ones that I'm familiar with. Um, Because what happens with fermented foods, as they're fermented, if they haven't been uh, pasteurized, so if you're fermenting them at home, if you're buying a brand that hasn't been pasteurized, these fermented foods have a mega diversity of different kinds of um, probiotics or the good bacteria for your tummy growing in them. Why do I think fermented foods are better than a supplement? For instance, a lot of people prefer a supplement that, you know, taking a pill or in a vial. Supplements have a limited quantity of strains of microorganisms that they put into your body for your gut health. If you've taken the same probiotic for a week or two, you're really not getting any added value by continuing taking it, as long as the, um, as long as you don't feel like your gut is imbalanced. But when you eat fermented foods, especially if you're making choices to eat a variety of different kinds of fermented foods from different places and all of that, you get a wealth of diversity of these. Um, Uh, good gut bacteria to kind of inject into your system. And that's those two together are really the most powerful tool for shifting an imbalanced gut to a more balanced gut health. There are a couple other tricks, but those are probably the two simplest, um, best ones that anyone can do.
0: So I'm going to throw you for a loop here because um, okay. <laughs> this was, this was not scripted. So for uh, pregnant mamas that are advised against taking foods that aren't pasteurized. So a lot of fermented foods aren't pasteurized. What is your advice towards keeping, maintaining a gut, uh, gut health balance during pregnancy, which is actually, you know, super important and on into postpartum and breastfeeding. What about supplements then?
1: Yeah, that's a very good question. Well, I'm not a medical <laughs> professional, so I won't I won't speak to anything that I shouldn't speak to. But um, if you have any doubt about incorporating fermented foods that aren't pasteurized into your diet, definitely speak to your medical doctor. Um, get an opinion, a medical opinion on that. Um, but I would just take the other piece of advice then: eat more fruits, eat more vegetables, and um, A thing that would be harmless for anyone that is pregnant or uh, postpartum can do if you reduce or eliminate the foods in your diet that are high in sugar or simple carbohydrates that starves off in a way the favorite food source of the more harmful microbiota in your stomach so if you do that for a limited period of time um you can kind of shift the balance and give the good bacteria a chance to grow while you're reducing kind of the um Conditions in which the more harmful gut bacteria grow. So that could be a step that that uh, pregnant woman part postpartum woman could take with with really no risk.
0: All right, uh, let me ask you another hard, hard okay. question. These are I my favorite it. questions. Um, so I've, you know, it's been an it's been an increasingly uh, prevalent issue with some of my one-on-one nutrition coaching clients is they don't like to eat vegetables. So for individuals, especially women that are trying to, uh, ingrain these, these positive, healthy gut health, uh, behaviors essentially into their children. What is your best advice for those that don't like to eat fresh fruits and vegetables
1: for the adults or for the children
0: for both? Um,
1: what has worked for me, myself and for my daughter are to find favorite flavors or kinds of recipes that I like for instance, I really love Mexican food and Thai. Food. Yeah. I love those flavors of the peanut and the coconut and the Thai and the um, avocado and lemon and garlic and the Mexican food. So whatever it is, if you're cooking at home and you're, you're making something, um, make it the way you want it, but throw in, just throw in a vegetable into something you already like. So For instance, I already love guacamole. That's technically mostly a fruit. Avocado's a fruit, but whatever. It's a green thing, so (laughs) it's a vegetable. Plenty of fiber.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. so to get some more vegetables into my daughter, I know she'll eat guacamole as well. I'll um, chop up some red peppers or maybe just a little bit of the broccoli and add it in just to add a little bit of diversity. It doesn't change the overall texture. It doesn't necessarily really affect the overall flavor, but it kind of hides in some extra vegetables. Now, if guacamole sounds horrible to you. And you're like, I just want my bread with ham and cheese. and it. <laughs> Could you throw some spinach leaves on that sandwich? Could you throw, um, you know, they're not that flavorful. They're not going to ruin your sandwich. So I guess the strategy is integrate a little bit of vegetables into things you already eat. You already enjoy, um, to get yourself more accustomed for me with my daughter specifically, it's kind of like a long game. The more you do that, the more you just keep sneaking vegetables in little by little, the less resistance you have to it because they're already there. And I think eventually over time, you start to kind of like them more. So that would be my my strategy, I think.
0: That's, yeah, great strategy. And yeah. you mentioned, uh, you know, trying to essentially train these habits and behaviors into your daughter. Um, so what kind of, what kind of tools or or tips do you have for those that are trying to to create healthy lifestyles for, for young ones, um, that are, you know, we all know that kids like happy meals. Um, it seems like they're just born that way, but it's not the most nutritious meal for them to consume. So what is your best tip for, uh, uh, raising children that essentially already have these behaviors that are not getting into adulthood and struggling with eating vegetables and their gut health and so on and so forth?
1: Oh yeah. There's, there's something implicit. And what you said that I love, it's, okay, what do you do so that eventually, you know, they're not at a point where they're ever struggling. And I think that that's the key when they're little from the very beginning, <laughs> hide vegetables and <in> everything. <laughs> I guess yeah. that's sort of like my life strategy, but um, yeah, you know, little bits of spinach, little bits of pepper, little bits of carrot, little bits of uh, superfoods even quinoa, amaranth um amaranto, anything that you know is like a nutrient dense food, just from the very beginning, uh, as long as it's not like a possible allergic reaction food, like a peanut or something, just add, add them into different recipes. And what I find is if the child's eating it and they can't taste it, you're like, oh, you're eating spinach. Maybe it's inside of a meatball or something. And they see the little green leaf. That is spinach. You like spinach. Look, you're eating it and you're enjoying it
0: yeah Uh, you can
1: build up the quantities or then you serve the spinach in a different preparation or you serve the broccoli you know as just like its own side okay well you've been eating that for years why wouldn't you keep eating it now so
0: yeah I hear from so many women they're like I'm just afraid to tell them what they're eating but you know in a way by telling them what they're eating they're reinforcing what they actually enjoy versus getting into like the teenage years and the adult years when it may not be as cool to go eat your eat your fruits and vegetables it's like no I actually have enjoyed this for most of my life
1: exactly you're hundred percent right and I think the other thing that um I've Learned to do with my daughter that I'm so glad has worked out because I can't say that I did it really intentionally but it just kind of worked out this way as she saw me grow in my own journey to eat more healthy foods take care of my gut to take care of my body um from a very balanced I think perspective and, and the pride I had in that and how it made me feel and she, you know people kids watch also what's around so I think she started to think um yeah, I want to be strong, I want to feel good, I want to have good energy, and maybe because I'm obsessed with healthy eating, not in a bad way, but I'm like, oh my (laughs) gosh, I can't wait to eat
0: this apple with peanut butter, I love it.
1: (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh, my falafel patties turned out so good this time. So she feels that excitement around nutrition and energy, and um, I think that it's just become part of her. So kids, kids don't do what we tell them to do, they do what they see us doing. So the more we can learn to just little by little and loving ourselves and being easy on ourselves, nobody has to be perfect, but um, making better choices, growing, being
0: honest about it, uh, the more likely I think it is that our kids will follow. follow. So, so I'm going to repeat what you just said, because it's incredibly important for moms that are constantly dealing with shame and guilt around self-care. What you just said is, in order to raise children that also prioritize healthy eating habits, healthy movement patterns, um, and just overall health and well-being, it first starts by mama not feeling guilt or shame around sh- guilt or shame around their mm-hmm. own self-care and celebrating the fact that they are doing something well for themselves versus feeling guilt and shame around, Oh my gosh, I neglected my child for 15 minutes to do a workout or, Oh my gosh, I prioritized you know, help the eating over, you know, something else. Cause that's such a huge, huge barrier for mamas to, um, to like come, come to terms. And, you know, the podcast is called Strong Mamas and Macros and about Mm -hmm. celebrating every single move that we take to become stronger, both inside and outside through our exercise and nutrition. Mm -hmm. So what sort of mind shift, if you had mindset shift, if you ever had any struggle, did you have to overcome to go to get through the mom guilt or the mom shame? Yeah,
1: that's a great question. Let me see there have probably been so many phases to that evolution, to be honest, right. but I'll see if I can pull out. Um, okay. Well, this is going to be personal. I hope that's okay for your audience. That's okay. Yeah. We love it. Um, there was a had a little accident once and I broke my foot and I ended up in a cast for three months. And during those three months, I was married to my now ex-husband and I just observed every day how I could barely take care of myself of the the literal weight of the cast pulling down onto my ankle which is where the injury was having to go to the kitchen and cook for myself take care of my daughter who was maybe three years old at the time while he shut himself in the office and was very comfortable working as if nothing was going on outside and not only did that moment um develop the roots for my eventual divorce (laughs) but I also developed the roots of my strength and power to recreate my future, recreate myself kind of beyond that circumstance. It was really a low point because I was physically weak. I was emotionally weak. I was, I mean, spiritually, I don't even know if I had a, I was just, I was just like barely getting through um, with life at that point. So what kicked me off is I remember I had to go through two or three months after the cast was off of, um, rehab to get the use of my foot back mm-hmm. and everything. And uh, I had to go by myself across the city in my, what are these things called? The, uh, things that Crushes. you want. All- Thank you. Yeah. That's because I live <laughs> my life in Spanish. So sometimes yeah. I can't recall the English word. Sure. So I had my crutches and I had to like crutch my way up into the hospital to the rehab place. They did their thing. And I remember the, um, the day they told me that I could leave, but I like only one crutch and I was so happy. And then the day they told me, okay, you can walk on your own now. I was so ecstatic. I just left the second crutch at the place. I never went back and got it. And I walked out of there and I promised to myself, I will never let myself be this weak and helpless again. And it really kick-started for me what became a passion of rediscovering myself, being strong. I started going, I'd, uh, I'd been a runner before this, I started going to the gym, lifting weights, finding so much energy and pride and joy and strength, mental and emotional strength through building physical strength, which was a huge transformation. And shortly thereafter, realizing, okay, some of these things I started since I was 15 to learn about health and nutrition, I want to go farther with it. So um, I became very passionate, not about getting thin, not about losing weight, not about looking a certain way. About being strong. How can I, oh, yes, what I eat to feel great, to be strong? And I also, that whole experience also um, made me realize that, you know, life is finite and I want to be there for my daughter when I'm freaking 70, 80, whatever years old, if I'm that lucky to live that long. I don't want to be tied up on a tube and not able to be there for her. So, this whole become strong, become resilient have longevity and quality of life into old age. It, it all started with that really low point that, that I told you about.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So many women I feel like um, that I've worked with, feel like when they get to the low point that that's just, you know, that's just it. Um, and it's so hard to come through there, but oftentimes that is just like the turning point to, you know, discovering your inner strength and, and to eventually develop the outer strength and, and resilience and, yeah. and all those incredible things. Uh, so what kind of impact do you think that this transformation has had on your daughter and more importantly, your daughter's future?
1: Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm going to get emotional. <laughs> that's a good question.
0: Um,
1: well I wish she could be here so you could interview her too (laughs) she is um so self-confident humble at the same time but she just knows herself right she is also very proud of like I said being strong she's got um she likes to rock climb she likes to she used to go with me to the gym before they wouldn't let kids in anymore yeah (laughs) in Ecuador, the rules are a little different. So Those she right, yeah. with me and would, would do some workouts, but she's just so utterly confident and strong in who she is, um, what she wants, what she doesn't want. I mean, it goes way beyond fitness and food. It's it's about her identity. Right. And, um, I, I think also my journey to self-discovery has translated into just leaps and bounds of growth and depth and complexity in her own journey for her self-discovery because she we're very open with how we can communicate so she um she sees it and i see her thinking about these things for herself and coming back and talking to me and saying um hey i saw this happen i didn't like it i'm gonna do this instead and just forging yeah. her own path that is not um following the crowd which i right. think is maybe for me maybe the single greatest thing I can give as a parent is helping her really know who she is and then giving her wings to just let her be that person and and everyone else can fall back in the dust.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's awesome. That is such an um, incredible story and such incredible inspiration for so many moms out there as uh, they're raising little ones. Um, you said your daughter's 12. Mine mine are 13 and 11. So right around that age. And yeah. it's, um, you know, just reminding ourselves that we don't have anything to feel guilty or shame around when it comes to taking care of ourselves. It's such such an important part of, um creating strong, independent, beautiful, incredible human beings that will grow up with a whole lot less struggles. If we can power through our struggles for them and forge the way, Um, if there is one thing that you could leave, uh, our listeners, these women with today, what would it be? Um, do
1: one thing today for you to improve your health, to improve your mood, to, um, just something that makes you feel great inside um and just keep doing it every single day whether it's um taking some of these steps to improve your gut health um whether it's just eating you know higher a higher replace one thing with a higher nutrient quality food or whether it's you know what instead of stopping a negative thought that you have and just being conscious that that thought i'm going to stop it i'm going to replace it with something better or do Drop down and give me five push-ups right now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Okay. Yes. Whatever just it is, one, no one matter tiny how thing. Small, yeah, we don't have. You don't have to be perfect. It's about progress, and it's about in what direction you're moving yourself. So do one thing today, and just keep doing one
0: thing every day, every chance you get. Awesome, awesome. Well, Jamie, tell listeners where they can find out more information about you. Sure. Um,
1: on my website, it's www.infinitemehealth.com. Um, I'm actually going to be running a gut, gut reset challenge, um, in December. That is a pretty fun challenge where you both learn about your gut health and apply it for eight days together. And it's been really incredible for the people that have done it. They, they've learned a lot about, um, about how to take better better care of their gut.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time. And I know that there are so many valuable little chunks throughout this interview and this episode, and I cannot wait to hear what listeners think of it and hope that some of them will reach out and hopefully get involved in your challenge and start taking those small actions towards their gut health and their overall health and well-being. Cool. Natalie, thank you so much for your time. And, and I think it's great what you're doing with your, your group.